Oh, you it's dug your heels in then. Did you dug your heels in? <laughs> it's always me. I was like, I'm going to speak first. I'm going to have to speak first. He's stubborn enough that he won't speak first just because he knows I'm not speaking first. And so we'll just record 90 minutes of silence and then just end the episode with the music. Uh, some people would love that. But, uh, the, <laughs> you could probably sell that as an app. I was going to say. A very soothing episode, actually. A lot less noisy than normal. A lot less sort of annoying voices. Just a nice, relaxing, little bit of intro music. 90 minutes of abject silence, and then a little bit of outro music. It really did me well. Yeah, much less nonsense than usually spoken. <laughs> How are you, apart from being belligerent and uh, last to talk? <laughs> well, as we were saying uh, in our preamble, in our warm-up, I've been, I've been uh, help the aged golfer today. So um, I, was, I was playing <laughs> golf with, with a fellow Scot. We were playing in a sort of... Uh, a competition of of England versus the rest of the world, and we were all wearing our national colours, and it was all very good. Um, and and this fellow used to be a really really good golfer, but he's got uh, age related macular degeneration. So um, he's I think he's got sort of eleven percent degraded sight, something like that. Uh, oh wow! So yeah. he describes it as as looking through a polo, it's like watching through a polo strip, right? Which is a small mint for those who don't exactly. know what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's like a donut shaped mint. Um, and so he's, um, he's right, right, okay. Can you make sure you keep an eye on the ball, please? Yep, yep, all right, I will, okay. And he hit an absolute perler down the fence, smashed this ball. Um, as I say, he used to be a really good golfer, still a very good golfer. Absolute gorgeous shot. And looked round to me with, with no artifice in his face at all. Said, "Was that right? Did you see where it went?" <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, adds a whole new dimension to, to golf when I'm I'm in charge of seeing and finding everybody's ball, not just mine, everyone's. <laughs> There's some sort of uh, excellent sort of physical comedy movie in there somewhere. Oh, some of the things that happen when you when you <laughs> the. The, the, I, I think I've used this quote before, but one of the guys I regularly play with just turns to me regularly and goes, the more I play this game, the less I understand what's going on in front of me. Um, <laughs> as you see buggies sort of heading left, right, up, down, coming back towards you, you think, what on earth is going on? I mean, it is one of the <laughs> simplest games that you could possibly imagine. See the wee white ball, hit that into the hall. That's it. There's nothing else. <laughs> and yet we turn it into the most complicated, frustrating, silliness. I don't know. Golf. Enough about golf. <laughs> what are you writing with, TJ? Well, I thought I'd mix it up. So today I'm writing with a Steinbeck Tennessee Red uh, in cedar. Beautiful red cedar. This one doesn't smell very well because it's not been sharpened in a long time. Uh, I'm going to see to that live on air in a wee while. But... Uh, it's suitably rounded on the area, sir. It's Steinbeck length. It's a little ratty. It's, it's seen some use, seen some life. So it writes beautifully, as usual. It's nice and dark. Um, comparable, I'd say, in terms of smoothness and color to a Blackwing. Mm -hmm. Nice pencil to write with. And uh, you sent me the, the lovely sort of decorative red cedar box as well. It's just a really nice little set to have. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? And you open that box and the scent of cedar can be overpowering. <laughs> it's beaten across the face with scent, pretty much. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
Uh, well, I'm writing with, well, it's less glamorous, but I think still a very good pencil is a Städtler Tradition, or tradition even in English, um, which is the black and red one, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Dennis and Menace. Yeah, and um, I mean, this is a B, uh, and it writes beautifully, I've got to say. It's got a, mm. I've just sharpened it with uh, with a sharpener that will be mentioned later. Um, and it's <laughs> it's got a big, long point on it. Making nice dark lines. I, I'm a big fan. I love it. Mm, good stuff. All right, then. So watching, what have you watched this week, TJ? Ooh, so I watched a few more episodes of C, which is still really good. Really enjoying the first season of that. Um, Jason Momoa, as usual. I mean, he's, he's not far from playing a similar character that he did in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. But um, this one with one, one less sense than uh, Khal Drogo had. But um, I'm enjoying it. He's, he's a great actor. There's a lot of really good actors there as well. Um, I like the world. It's, it's an interesting lower premise that they've set up. And so there's a lot of back end that I go, oh, that's really interesting. A that, that, uh, few character actions that I'm like, that's frustrating. Why would any normal, sensible human being do that as a response to this stimulus? But okay, cool. Here's where we are. Um, but I am enjoying it. It is a good show. I'm looking forward to season two and also sort of finishing the season I'm on and then having a bit more to run. So that's good. Uh, that's what I'm watching. And then Meg and I sat down to watch a film the other night and we sat, decided on Luca, L-U-C-A, which I believe is one of the more recent uh, Pixar ones. So it was on Disney Plus and it's animated and it was it was a lovely wee film. It was set in Italy, uh, right on the coast beautiful even as an animated film you can really sense sort of the beauty of the region and the kind of it, they're trying to be quite close to the source material mm-hmm. so you know it's there's a lot of the language in it there's a lot of the architecture there and the culture and the just a really really nice looking film that has a lovely story as well so it's about a it's about a sea monster who can turn into a human um and there's a lot of hijinks that get up uh therein uh, and it was good it, it wasn't um scary it wasn't post-apocalyptic it wasn't zombies it was just a nice film that uh, was made by people with a lot of talent. So I, I, now and again, I do enjoy stepping away from the horror and watching something a bit more heartfelt. And Pixar normally fills that. Uh, well, I mean, I lovely. Although, what is this Disney Plus of which you speak? Is is that some something that doesn't come to Europe? No, I think it's come to Europe. I just don't, don't think it's come to your parcel of Europe. Exactly. Well, that's that, that's all I'm interested in. It's all about me, mate. <laughs> uh disney plus is disney streaming service um which was sort of just basically disney films in the beginning but now they've opened it up to what they call star or stars or something uh, which is basically just anything we can buy the rights to i think so there's a whole pile of weird and wonderful things on there some of them very good some of them a bit rubbish but there's a lot it was probably sitting comparatively about i don't know 20 percent of what netflix has mm. but it's a different 20 percent so it's complimentary for the most part, sure. uh, which is nice. Uh, and we, we got it last year and then we continued on the, the subscription because there's a lot of really good stuff on there. And they're doing some originals too, which is fun. So as much as I don't like having lots of streaming services, I find myself having Netflix, Apple TV, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, uh, and then the free British ones as well. <laughs> it's, it's not a lot left available to you. <laughs> I think the only thing that's stopping me having the others is that they're not available here. <laughs> so, yeah, as much as I don't want to do that, it kind of is what it is. And 
a lot of them are parceled, right? So the Apple one's parceled in with my Apple One subscription. Mm -hmm. uh, the Prime one is parceled in with my Prime subscription, which I have for for reasons other than television. So those could at least be half points rather than full points against me. <laughs> there's, there's no points against you. You can watch what you like, TJ. <laughs> But yes, what have you been watching? Uh, well, uh, we're still sort of faithfully waiting for our for our Ted Lasso episodes to drop. Uh, um, and I believe, actually, I was on Twitter just before we came on, and I think uh, the next episode is dropping tonight rather than tomorrow, or Apple's social media team have got themselves a bit confused. So, <laughs> Or is there a time zone thing at play here? Um, well, no, because they're sort of behind there. So when they say it's dropping today then it can't be my tomorrow <laughs> oh dear God, that, that, that hurt tj thinking about that but no you're you're hurting my brain i don't understand time zones no no no, no. i just as a complete tangent i learned today yesterday technically i learned of the idea yesterday and looked it up today that ireland had a different time zone than northern ireland sometime in the the sort of early 60s mm -hmm. which meant that belfast which is broadly above du dublin mm. like geographically was an hour ahead of dublin mm -hmm. for a time that's madness oh that's there's loads of anomalies like that we have one here where um um uh, turkey which is uh, uh -huh. sort of diametrically north of us uh doesn't do summertime so so the uh, the time difference changes yep. depending on what time part of the year it is and um <laughs> even though your sunrise and your sunset are broadly at the same sort of time um, it's a different time on the clock. Oh, it's oh, again way too much for me, particularly if you're getting air flights. <laughs> yeah, a, and you're flying through these imaginary uh, dotted lines on the map. Yeah, it's just oh no, I've got no idea what's going on. Somebody tell me what time. My to watch be is airport. having a bad time. Keeps spinning the wrong direction. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, far too complicated. Um, so yeah, Ted Lasso. It's it is what it is. Um, I've heard people saying, you know, it's it's not as good as the first season. I don't know if it's, that's true, and and I also heard somebody say that the 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 Ted Lasso production team believed that the first three episodes were going to drop together, um, and I think that makes a difference in into how they sort of played them. Um, if if they were coming mm, down as a three, and they so they were done. Yeah, they yeah. you know they sort of build towards a, a little mini a mini climax across the three rather than as standalone episodes. I think, but uh, I don't, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Mrs. L enjoys it, uh, and yes, hopefully I'll be watching another episode tomorrow. Um, also, Baptiste, mm. which is the opposite of Ted Lasso. Yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> Baptiste is being uh, sorry. Ted Lasso is being very sort of feel goody, and and then Baptiste is being dark. I'm French. Feel bad um, TV. <laughs> uh, and this this particular season is set in Budapest. So, oh, very um, good. As, so, as near you know, and dear. that's yeah, quite. Uh, so, I'm there, sort of going. Oh, I've been there. Oh, look, hey, oh, and Mark was like, shut up. <laughs> Me with any show shot in Northern Ireland, like, ah, oh, yeah, I know that street. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's nowhere near Belfast. Uh, Meg, look, they think that's near Belfast. <laughs> But the thing is, Meg is sitting there agreeing with you. Margaret is sitting there going, shut up, you muppet. Yes, we get it. You've been to Budapest. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, darling. Sorry. Um, uh, so, yeah, that, that's going along, being moody. And everybody that you thought was a goodie turns out to be a baddie. And, you know, oh, no. Usual, usual stuff. Um, the, the good doctor we're watching about, the um, uh, autistic doctor with savant syndrome. Mm -hmm. So... 
Um, I, I'm, I, uh, fatigue is setting in. Uh, it's the same mm. episode repeated again and again and again. <laughs> so you know, here's, here's a new ailment. Oh, look, he's worked out how to... Oh, how innovative. Well done, you. What a, what a hero. Oh, socially awkward. Oh, is that a bit difficult? Right, let's come back again next week and do the same thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure we'll make it that much further, but still, it's fairly harmless. Uh, and Hit and Run, which is um, an Israeli... Uh, series again it's the i've forgotten the name of the season that I, the series that i watched um i'll have to come back to that one tehran is the one that you talked about before mm, it Apple one, I think? It, it's it's one that i watched at a similar time um and it's about terrorism uh it's about israel's security forces and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um but it's the same actor the same lead Oh, I should probably look him up one day, shouldn't I? Um, <laughs> but I watched the first part, because this is not a Mrs. L thing. So I watched the first part, I think, last Friday, and I haven't had a chance to watch it since. Um, but it's yeah, very good, very hard-hitting, as you might expect. Hit mm. and run. Um, and there you go, yeah, that's me. What about listening? You been listening to anything good? Oh, I had a painful moment this morning. So I'd gone for a run this morning, uh, notably in my couch to 5K, this was the last run with any kind of division in it, any kind of like walking periods in between. Okay, yep. So I did five minutes to warm up at walking, 10 minute run, three minute walk, 10 minute run, five minute cooldown. Mm-hmm. Grant, no problem. Last 10 minutes, the last three minutes of the last 10 minutes is quite tough, but we're, we're, we're grand, we're getting there. Um, but because of that, I had my headphones in and I came into the house and I don't take the case with me because the, the sort of the gilet that I wear running mm-hmm. um, doesn't have a big pocket. So I can fit my massively oversized phone in there, but nothing else. Yep. So the phone goes in, the AirPods go in my ears and the AirPod case stays in the house. It's fine. Don't need to put them away. Don't need to charge them when I'm out. It's grand. Um, so I got back to the house and took them out and went to put them in the case and the case was upstairs. So I hadn't brought it down. So I thought, right, I'll set those on the counter and I'll... I'll get those before I leave. And then went to buy, had some breakfast, had a nice little espresso, feeling good. Have, you know, been out for a run this morning. I'm so, this is great. This is the life. Um, got to the train station and uh, Meg dropped me off at the station, which was lovely. Got to the train station, about to get on the train, right? Podcast time, I think. Let's just pop out the old AirPods case. And ah, this seems to be a very empty AirPods case. Hmm. It seems I am listening to the sounds of the train today, <laughs> which uh, is, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't dislike people. I just don't want to hear about their lives most of the time. <laughs> and so having to sit through the minutia of other people's day on the train is, is fine for about 20 minutes. And then it gets quite, quite taxing. So sitting there going, well, you brought your headphones. You wouldn't have to listen to this. Um, so I just sat and I think I was actually sat on a, on uh, Obsidian and made a few notes on uh, Irish time zones while we were <laughs> on our way in. And the merits of keeping your, your headphones uh, yes. in one space. Which I'm, I've now returned to their case, but as such, I was listening to nothing and that was my penance. Well, I have to say this is uh, it's one of those um, 1857 sort of weird things again, because <laughs> I, I played golf yesterday and um, my, my car, Kiprula, the everybody i'm sure yeah capruna's fine by the way thank you all for asking um 
<laughs> uh, she does have a radio, but it, it doesn't actually operate on frequencies of any radio stations in Cyprus uh, because it, she, she was originally <laughs> Japanese, Kiprula. Um, so if I want to listen to anything, then oh, and she doesn't have Bluetooth, obviously. They, they hadn't invented Bluetooth when, when Kipruda was, was made. So uh, I, I take my headphones. That's how I listen to, to a podcast or music when I'm driving. And so I went to golf yesterday with my AirPods listening to some podcast. Uh, and then when I get to golf, everything sort of valuable gets put into various and sundry pockets of the golf bag so that I don't, mm. you know, strew them across golf course. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then when you finish playing golf, everything comes out of the golf bag into the pockets uh, while you go upstairs and have a nice refreshing beverage. Um, unless, of course, you're a hot, sweaty mess, you're not really thinking straight, in which case you leave your keys, uh, your AirPods, your phone, ah. wallet, all sorts of things tend to get left there. And I, if, I, if I leave my keys, that's fine, because I get to the car and I go, ah. <laughs> ah, this, something crucial is missing. And this is, is not here. <laughs> this is not going to work. Um, however. Yes, is not that old that you could just <laughs> kick it and it starts. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, actually. But anyway, um, so I left my house keys, which always just makes me worried. Um, you know, we have plenty of house keys. It's not an issue. It's just... I. I feel very worried when I don't have my house keys uh, and my, my AirPods, AirPods. So uh, I spent this morning, I got up, take the dogs out for a walk. Hmm. Ah, okay. Now, mm. granted, it, it's a nicer experience for me. I'm outside, it's warm. Uh, we're going for a nice walk. <laughs> hear a bit of nature. It was no bad thing. Uh, but I was, I was very pleased that I was playing golf again today and I would get reunited with my AirPods and, uh, and my keys. At least you could do a find my and check that they're actually at the golf course and not in someone's house four miles away. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> absolutely. But um, it, it's, I suppose it's, it's a sign of the times now that well, I only, only go to about four places per year. <laughs> so, yeah. so I know where everything's going to be. Um, but when I have had um, my AirPods or I've been... Uh, at the office here at my desk, I've been listening to uh, the usual podcasty type things, um, and I'm. Uh, you have to just just bear with me, TJ. I'm having a personal tennis match with uh, the homework <laughs> podcast. Um, so I keep giving them a shout out on stationary adjacent, and they keep replying. Um, and so now I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in the heavy guns. And when I'm when do I shout juice? Just tell me <laughs> when, and I'll I'll shout it. I'm there. Uh, I, I'm gonna give them a shout out now on 1857. So the homework podcast is HC uh, Marks, friend of the show, uh, and uh, Dave Coelho. Um, it's a really really good show. It's all about productivity, working from home. Uh, quite short episodes come out every week. Uh, have a listen. You'll really like it. Ha. That's them sorted. Um, <laughs> and music. Uh, the Killers have got a new album out uh, called Pressure Machine. That's a pretty good album, actually. Interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the other thing that musically-ish is I was, I was seconds away from buying tickets for the Foo Fighters. Um, <laughs> then what happened? Well, I mean, it, then I thought, okay... I'm going to then have to buy flights to the United Kingdom because they don't play in Cyprus. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a trek. For, um. uh, yeah, uh, and it's, it's uh, next summer. 
Um, so that's a sort of a degree of planning ahead that is quite uncommon in the Lennon household. <laughs> uh, and there is to date absolutely no evidence that Mrs. Lennon likes uh, the Foo Fighters or indeed any sort of loud rock. I was going to say, I don't think it's specifically the band that's the problem. It may be the genre she struggles with. Uh, yeah, I think so. So I thought <laughs> I can see many ways that this might go badly wrong for me. Um, and and few ways that it could go well. I mean, she may have turned around and said, just, just meet up with one of your friends, go and have a good time. She may have, uh, but I doubt it. So, we'll never know. I, yes, I demurred in the end and, and didn't bother getting anything. <laughs> Uh, so what about reading? Pod, you turn them up loud enough, you can pretend. Dave rolls. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do have the pair of home pods, and there's there's plenty of uh, live Foo Fighters that you can find if you go looking. <laughs> so what have you been reading? Well, actually, I'm on to book three of that <gasps> lit RPG series that I was talking about. So, well, you're not hanging about. No, it's really good. They're not that big a book, but I mean, they're probably I don't know three or four hours each, maybe a wee bit more. Um. They just read really easy. Do you ever get a book like that that just the pages just evaporate? You think I've read two thirds of this and not really realized because you start going, I'll just start. I'll read a wee bit just to kind of. And I did exactly that. I finished the second book and went, well, it's on the Kindle, right? So I can literally press this button and it'll bring me the next one and it's free. So I'll do that. I'll just read the first chapter just to get, you know, just to sort of wet the taste book. Did that. And then I'd read like 20% and I was right I actually should go to sleep given that it's now tomorrow uh, so put the book down uh, and I was reading again on the on the way home on the train I uh, popped the app up on my phone and because I had no headphones I thought I would read so I just sat and read and it was great I got through probably half the book now so I'm almost at the end of that series I think it's great I'm really enjoying it it's it's sort of a lot of tropes from zombie apocalypse movies TV shows books whatever you want uh, blended with this kind of rpg elements of the the genre which is a really interesting one that's relatively new i think it sort of originated with a lot of russian books maybe six or seven years ago so it's not an old type of book um mm-hmm. but yeah i'm really enjoying it um david petrie and uh, this one's called rend so it's uh, ravenous revenant and rend to keep that alliterate mm. streak going uh, and it, it's it's really good i'm really enjoying it if you like zombies you might enjoy it. If you like lit RPG or you've never heard of it, but it sounds interesting, you might like it. And uh, they're all on Amazon. I have uh, Kindle Unlimited, I think it is, so I can read them all for free. But I think they're maybe like three or four quid each. So you could get the, the, the trio for less than 15 quid and read through them if you wanted. And I think it's really worth, worth it. Mm, I, I do feel a, a little bit, you know, rend. That was a bit of a reach, wasn't it? He, he, was, well, he was really looking for another R. Well, yes and no, it is a command. So I don't want to give too much away about the actual book, but it is a command that he uses on his sort of zombie minions. He goes, like, rend them to pieces kind of thing. That is a command mm-hmm. in the storyline that's been there since the first book. That's um, a quick edit, TJ. <laughs> that's us going back at, uh, yeah, that's going back at the end, isn't it? <laughs> Oh no! What's a what's a synonym for for slice and dice and attack? Quick synonyms: thesaurus. Yeah, um, but it's it's good. David Petrie is the author, um, and it's on Amazon. Give it a give the first one a try, and I I still think you should try any lit RPG book. Um, mm-hmm. The what's interesting as well is looking at lit RPG books and figuring out the conceit that they have for how the in-character work you know, in the world the characters deal with the idea that there is a leveling system and an rpg framework 
because they're all different. That's not like they're all going, oh, yes, it's an evil god has given us this or, oh, yes, we're in a, in a game. Like they're all different premises mm-hmm. for the same thing. And so it's a really interesting little detail of like, OK, how have they contrived to give these characters awareness of their own sort of abilities? Uh, and it's different in everyone I've read or everyone I've looked at. So that's a fascinating little thing of the subgenre that doesn't really exist in anything else. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, I'll I'll probably try and find one that doesn't have zombies in it. Ah, so you're missing out. You're missing out. <laughs> I know. I know. It's ah <laughs> uh, well. What can I do? Uh, well, I've, I've, I'm still reading a couple of books at the same time. Budapest Then and Now by uh, Imre Mora, which is a series of newspaper articles rather than a book. Uh, and The Cyprus Emergency, The Divided Island, 1955 to 1974, um, which is, is interesting, particularly as it's sort of background research for some books that I'm going to write. But um, it's, uh, he's, it, this man has delved deep into the British Army records. So uh, I'm not only getting which battalion or which platoon of which battalion went where and did what, uh, I'm getting the name of the guy that was driving. And for um, breakfast, he had two sausages, <laughs> five beans, and uh, a little bit of red sauce on the side. Yeah, it's it's like troop troop movement reports. I'm like, okay, <laughs> not sure. I mean, well, this is helping. Extra points for uh, full disclosure and uh, going the extra mile, I guess. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, yeah, put it this way: if it's what you're reading before you go to sleep. Uh, you're not reading a lot before you think, do you know what? Sleep sleep looks good now. I, I think sleep might be the way forward. Um, but in between that, I also read uh, Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, very which, yeah, it was all the rage uh, probably a few years ago. I'm probably a bit behind the curve as ever. Like almost a decade ago, Stu, I think it was. <laughs> no, all the rage. Yeah. There's no need for that sort of thing. Really, no need at all for that, Cosgrove. Um he has two more books, you know, and they're all very, very good. Well, uh, yes, and judging by the first one, uh, they'll take about 10 minutes each to read. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah. He, he could hardly be accused of being verbose, could he? Um, no, but he does the job that, uh, you know, he, he set out with one goal, and he quite clearly gets it across in his book, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, he, you know, he explains how he sort of planned the book out in... Uh, uh, on index cards and I, I really felt like writing to him saying the idea is then you build round those index cards not reproduce them <laughs> I mean, um, but still yeah. um, <laughs> he's, he's as you say he had a few points to make and he makes them fair yeah. play to him I, I i would have to say if 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 asked i'd say yeah read it it's a good book so mm. uh i enjoyed that right drinking hit me with the hard stuff tj well it's kind of the opposite of the hard stuff i was out for um coffee with a friend yesterday and we started with americanos that was good and then we moved on to what the restaurant called bistro fries which equates to normal fries but with things on top and so mine had some salted chili chicken which was very nice uh and then we were getting on so it was getting towards sort of eight thirty nine o'clock and i went oh i have another wee coffee but i'll go decaf so i ordered a decaf americano now, oh, you crazy kids. Oh, here's the thing. It may not have been. I have no I have no way of telling. It tasted identical. So they could have mm-hmm. just been like, yeah, that's a decaf Americano, sir. Here you go. Um, and give me full fat, as much caffeine as you can pile in there, Americano. 
But um, I figured given that I am, uh, you know, an older gentleman now, I'm approaching that you know, <laughs> age of life where I want to make sure I get enough sleep. So uh, <sighs> <laughs> I opted for the, the decaf because it was approaching 8 p.m. So you, you understand these things. We're in the same boat here, you know. Well, not really. I would have been wrapped up in bed by 8 p.m. Good Lord. <laughs> Heavens. You're approaching double digits, sir. <laughs> God, eight o'clock. It happens once a day. A few You're hours after twice. one is up. Um, okay, well, I'm, I'm similar. I'm uh, iced espresso. It's still mm. very, very toasty here. Uh, I'm looking at my watch now. It's uh, half past nine my time, and it's 25 degrees. So uh, it's Oof. Let me, let me do a quick warm. check for you. Let me just do a little, without yelling at any of my things. So right now it's 12 degrees here. Nope, I lied. It's now 16. It's jumped up four degrees in three seconds. Right, uh, a high good. of 17 and a low of 11. Sunset will be at 2047 local time. And it's 80% chance of rain. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to some rain in December. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's about 30, 35, I think we hit today. Oof. Um, uh, that's not bad for August, to be honest. Yeah. It can get hotter than that. Um, and humidity's about, I think, I was near the coast for most of the day, so it was about 70, 75. So that's, that's sort of steamy, really. Mm. Uh, so yeah, iced espresso, um, and sometimes my water has bubbles in it, and sometimes it doesn't. That's, that's pretty much <laughs> no how varied. Yeah. Um, sparkling water, still water, or water with something in it, cordial. Yeah. It's always like fun. I remember going, it was Poland. We had the most trouble, actually. Um, we would always go and buy water uh, when we were away, like a big two liter bottle and take it back to the hotel room and, and drink that. It's mm -hmm. great. Um, now, most languages, I can take a stab at which ones are carbonated. Even there's a lot of cues, right? There's color cues. There's branding cues. A lot of the, the marketing and, and sort of branding and stuff are, are quite clear on which ones the sparkling water, which one's not. Poland was one of those few examples where I was like, I don't know enough Polish at all. I can mm. say hello. I can say thank you. I can't say I'd like the non-sparkling water, please. So went into the shop and it was just row upon row of different waters. And I remember I managed to get one that was still, so success. It also was mineral water, so it tasted like chalk. And it was awful. <laughs> I think it was magnesium, like enriched water. Uh, but it was just that absolute Russian roulette of like, I don't know which one of these is water. This could be sulfuric acid. It could be distilled water. It could be white bleach. I have no idea what I'm buying, but it looks like water and we're going to go with it. Oh, there you go. And you survived it. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to think of Hungarian. Oh, Hungarian is not too bad, actually. In Hungarian, I think it's Sin Savash and Sin Savash Mentes. Somebody Hungarian will be able to tell me if that's complete nonsense. But... Um, <laughs> I think I think one is um, one is with gas and, and then the second is without gas. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, very dull. Lots of water. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, mostly water actually. Mostly water with a few bean grinds in there. Yeah, maybe, maybe some coffee coffee thrown at the water. <laughs> what about buying then? Come on, pull us out of it. Buying. What have you been buying? Well, we booked a restaurant for our anniversary on Sunday. Which is nice. So it's Lovely. our first wedding anniversary this Sunday. Wow. By the time this comes Already. out, yesterday. Mad. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, the uh, the sort of echoes of my my best man who I had coffee with last night. His his statement to me the sort of the week before the wedding. Did you know? And he works in the legal field, so I know this is true. 
did you know another one? You can't actually get divorced for two years. You've got to be separated for two years before you can file for divorce. Mm. Well, that's a cheery note to start a, a, a new <laughs> married life with. So I'm now one year into that two year sentence, apparently. <laughs> well, there you go, I suppose. Uh, it, I am actually it's very a happy. <laughs> not, not that you'd know from the way we talk about it sometimes, but I'm very happy in my marriage. So, um, yes, excited for that. So we booked a restaurant on Sunday. I'm going to go out and have some delicious Italian food and just take it easy. We were going to potentially have had a party on Saturday. Um, and we decided against it. Just couldn't be bothered, really. And we'd seen most of the people for my 30th that we would have invited. So it seemed a bit superfluous. So <laughs> yeah. we're just going to have a... You'll see them again next year. That'll be fine. I'll turn 40 some stage and we'll see them then. It's grand. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Um, so that was, that was good fun. Uh, so we booked that for Sunday. And then I actually invested in a little something, something for Blue. Um, so I have a, an AirTag from my backpack. And... I was on browsing and I, I'd nominally thought about this before and I'd seen a little uh, like silicon air tag holder mm-hmm. for the dog collar. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. all right. OK, I'm curious. It piqued my curiosity because it would be a practical way to to keep something on him. Like, obviously, it's on his collar. So if, if he loses his collar, it doesn't help us. But I thought, yeah, this, this would be interesting. Not that he's away from us very often, but just for peace of mind. So. An AirTag is £29. It's not a big investment. So I picked up another one of those, uh, free shipping from Apple. And I got this little silicon AirTag holder for, I think, £8 delivered from Amazon. And I really wasn't expecting much. I was kind of expecting it to be really naff and cheap and thin. Mm-hmm. And it arrived and I was actually very impressed. It came with two little, like, protective sticker bumper things. So clear plastic, probably three or four times thicker than a normal screen protector would be to okay. go on the, the beveled badge front of the AirTag and the metal back piece to sort of give them a bit of scratch protection. And then what is effectively a silicon slip that you kind of pop it inside and it's got two belt hoops on it. You just slide it over the collar. So put all that together and it's pretty good. And then put it in Blue's collar and now we can, if he ever goes walkies, deliberate or otherwise, we can uh, track him as long as there's an iPhone near him. So that, I thought that was quite handy. I mean, it's a... It's a bit of a nonsense, right? Because if someone takes <laughs> it off, it's not going to help us. And sure. um, it is what it is. But I thought for the sake of, I think, 40, no, 35 pounds or something all in, it was novel enough for me to go, yeah, I'll try that. Just out of curiosity more than anything else. So uh, Blue is now GPS geolocated at all times. So I'm sure he's delighted. <laughs> well, I, when they came out, that was my first thought was, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get that for the dogs, particularly for Charlie, who is uh, middle name Houdini. <laughs> and then I listened to an episode of ATP, <laughs> John Syracuse going, OK, uh, I understand what people are doing. In, in, I mean, he is incredibly logical at times. It's like listening to, to Spock. And he said, if your dog is going to run away to a shopping mall full of iPhones... <laughs> okay yeah i see what you're doing but if you live in the country maybe rethink that purchase and i sort of looked around at the sort of desolate bondu all around and thought hmm yeah see, iphones Stu, this is where you're missing what you need to do is buy a bunch of solar panels a bunch of iphones and start burying them in the fields around you and then no matter where the dog goes there'll always be one of your iphones buried nearby I can just see Charlie's angelic Jack Russell face coming back with an iPhone clamped between his teeth going, look what I found. 
<laughs> it'd be like the scene in uh i think it's aliens where they have the motion tracker and it's the boom 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 it's right on top of us it's coming it's coming it's right on top of us <laughs> yeah, exactly uh well that's nice you you should be able to you know start doing maps of you know where blues movements where he's been blues moves if you will yeah blues moves i like it um uh what have i been buying oh the sofa app i bought the sofa app just Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. a very straightforward little thing but um if i hear on a podcast or uh read somewhere that there's an interesting book or an interesting app or an interesting TV show or an interesting piece of music. Um, I can search for it in Sofa. It seems to find them all. Um, and then just add it to a, a list, essentially. And then it's mm, got I have it a couple, couple of little features in there. It's cool. It's really good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, the Skipping Breakfast app, or Festic, <laughs> um, as they, they call it, I, it's very good. Um, I'm always very um, sniffy about the intermittent fasting uh but no this got articles it helps me track water it tells me when i can sort of eat again mm. uh, it's, it's it's yeah it's like an accountability partner i mean clearly you can cheat but you know <laughs> that's the same with any partner i suppose <laughs> yes absolutely and um you know all of these things uh you know apple watch um you remember the nintendo wii we were all jumping yes, around houses until we yeah. worked out that you could actually sit on the couch and just flick your wrist. Um, uh, I had a moment last night, actually. I'd, I'd been out and we'd been having a coffee and having a chat and I got home late. And this is on topic with the, the prancing around like an idiot. And <laughs> we got home late and I looked at my wife, literally knackered, got into the house, sat down. Meg had made dinner and this was, it must have been 11.20 I got back to the house. So quite a late night. Got in and sat down and I had a wee bit to eat and I was fine and then I looked at my watch and went oh oh right I have nine minutes of my green ring finished and there's currently 30 minutes left of this day right hmm so I can do it but I need to go now (laughs) poor (laughs) dog roused from its bed (laughs) Come on, dog. Blue was, he's happy to see me home, but he was very much curled up on the sofa. I was like, has he been out properly? He's like, well, I'll take him for a wee walk. All right, Blue, we're going for a walk. I was like, um, <laughs> Dad, it's late. What is happening? And then Meg was like, okay, I'll come with you. So we ended up walking the neighborhood at uh, 11.30, 11.40 p.m. And we walked and I finally got my ring with literally five minutes to spare in the day. Uh, the ring filled in because this is my 270 something day streak. I'm not going to break it now. <laughs> it was just this, like, Meg, I have to, I have to go right now. Nope, this ring is not going to wait for anyone. I gotta go right now. <laughs> you have this last potato off. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just chugging up and down the garden like a madman. <laughs> oh, the things that Apple are responsible for. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? Oh yes, I bought some golf balls. Yeah. Um, clearly, I need to start hitting the ball straighter. Uh, my golf course has. Um, something that should never be seen on a golf course, a lake, um, uh, which is obviously a magnet to all golf balls. Yeah, aqueous uh, golf ball storage. Yeah, and we also have lots of ravines and things. Uh, honestly, honestly. <laughs> quite literally throwing money away. Um, but I ordered some from the UK. Um, I thought I would take on the the, the Brexit um, <laughs> sort of barriers. Um, yeah, so I'm getting them pre-marked up and stuff. 
And then I got um, a, a sort of response from the company saying, oh, uh, yeah, can you give us your ID number? Because, you know, customs ask for that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, sure, okay. And then half an hour later, I get notification that four packages are on their way to me. <laughs> now, every country that I've ever had to pay sort of customs fees before has an administration charge per package. Oh, no. So, oh, no, no, no. So, so there may be uh, Mr. Angry of Limassol Cyprus sending an email quite soon. Um, I don't know. They haven't got here yet. It'll be, be a, a lottery. What gets here, what it costs me. Um, but yes, I'm, 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 I'm ramping, I'm sort of revving myself up for that email. Dear <laughs> gormless idiot. <laughs> Do you understand the price of a golf ball? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Having paid you a small fortune for golf balls, you then decided to send them bloody individually. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that might be fun. Uh, and uh, UPS, uh, that, sorry, other, other package firms are available, but this particular one is UPS, um, have been, uh, well, reached, reached a new nadir in terms of their, their service <laughs> to us. So first of all, they didn't turn up to pick up the package that Claire had prepared for me. Perfect. Um, yeah. Then uh, they picked it up. They took it to Southampton. And from Southampton, they took it to Essex. And then they, uh, they sent an email to me yeah. saying, um, could you resend us the invoice? Because it hasn't uploaded. Uh, to which I responded, it's in an envelope attached to the box. Yeah, but I'm not near the box. This sounds like your problem rather than my problem. I was going to say, for something you're sending to Cyprus, they've sent it to an awful lot of places in England. Exactly. And to, to, which, to which they replied, yep, um, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. We will be able to get the information for the box. It might take a week. Oof. So Claire then recompiled all the information that they needed and sent it to them. Uh, and it's now been to, um, it went to Munich, then Cologne, and from Cologne to Sparta in Greece. And from Sparta in Greece, it's now landed in Cyprus. Uh, and they're telling me that it's going to be delivered uh, by the end of play tomorrow. Now, clearly, they haven't spoken to customs about that because I can't imagine that customs <laughs> are going to go whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Um, so yes, my my much anticipated and, and waited for Claire package, including uh, dare I say a MacBook Air, um, is uh, is is still on In its way. I'm th yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> maybe by the time we record next week. Uh, who knows? Oh wow! Okay, so a full week. Mm. Mm. Well, I think I think Claire actually prepared you know prepared the labels on the tenth, and we are recording on the nineteenth. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. That's only what sixteen days, two weeks and change. Yeah, I think it's gonna be something like that. And I mean, it's you know, um, it's it's not cheap. <laughs> no, to say. Uh, no. So uh, if you're out there, FedEx, expect my call. Uh, I, I think think we may be moving on. Um, and that's that. Well, that's enough, isn't it? Good lord, that's enough. Yes. <sighs> Quoting then. Do you have a a quote for us, DJ? Yeah, I've been reading the news like a lot of people recently. And then mm. uh, this quote stuck out by Warsan Shire. No one puts their children in a boat unless the water is safer than the land. And replace boat with uh, 
C5 Hercules plane and uh, mm. broadly speaks to what's happening now. Scary, scary stuff in Afghanistan. Really awful scenes. Um, yeah. And uh, just hard to watch and hard to fathom as well. And uh, mm-hmm. um, thinking about a lot of the people there at the minute. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't have a quote this week. Um, there is a link, uh, or there will be a link uh, in the show notes. Um, it's a speech uh, given in the House of Parliament um, by an MP called Tom Tugendhat. Um, it, it's a speech about Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I suspect it may well become regarded as one of the best, is the wrong word, uh, one of the most moving speeches of modern times uh, in, wow. in Parliament. It's if you haven't listened to it, it's about three and a half minutes. It's not long. Um, it's uh, YouTube, so it's a video <laughs> you can actually watch. Uh, and he does it with notes in his hand that he doesn't look at. Yeah. Is he um, a soldier? Was he a soldier at one stage? Uh, he was a soldier, yeah. He was, um, was honoured by, um, by the Airborne Division of the, of the US, um, who I think are the Screaming Eagles. Um, uh, he speaks very, very emotively about yeah. the situation um, and it gives a far better perspective than either you or I could, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, read, read people smarter than both of us about this. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just, just wish that politicians had listened to, to these guys who were on the ground or have been on the ground. Yeah. Um, and instead of glibly sort of repeating nonsense... <laughs> Yeah, no, it'll be fine. No, it isn't. It's a long, (laughs) long way from fine. Anyway, parish notices. What's happening in the parish of Northern Ireland? Well, in an exciting turn, I've been writing our show notes. I I write our show notes every week on the Rodeo Notepad. And then, and and I'm actually kind of ashamed to say this, but I then like a pleb type them up. uh, And it was then, it was something that Justin sort of cryptically mentioned in the uh, when we when I sent him a shortcut, I sent you a shortcut as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. I, I've been playing with Obsidian, and here's a little shortcut on how you can like import an iframe and drop the link in, and that that's kind of my my wheelhouse of like how can I automate one thing. And and Justin just kind of a throwaway comment. He's like, oh yeah, no, I have a thing that does my show notes, and I was like, oh okay, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. He didn't say any more. He didn't prompt me. Didn't do more <laughs> than that. And I went, am I being a dumb? Have I just been doing show notes bad for two, three years and then looked on, on Simplecast and was like, oh, there's a, there's a Markdown button. I know Markdown. I've been using Markdown a lot recently. And clicked <laughs> on it and was like, oh, so open square bracket, the title, close square bracket, open round bracket, the link, close square round bracket. That's, that's the thing I've been doing. And so I was literally clicking like some sort of 19th century plebeian on <laughs> Make a link, paste this, uh, open any window, blah, 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 all this, all like a thousand clicks per link. And it was always the most tedious part. And so as a novelty, I was like, right, well, I'll do last week's show notes with Markdown just to see. Just to, it can't be that much faster. Four and a half minutes instead of <laughs> 15 to 20. And it was like, and that was me learning how to do it as well, not even just doing it. I was like, oh my God. So I then, then built another script. Um, called show note snipper which i just go on and i have my list of paper notes i go on to safari and i go uh, this is what i'm looking up tennessee red open that tab 
standard tradition on Nero's notes, open that tab, Lucafilm, open that tab, open all the tabs, then literally on each tab, share sheet. Um, to summarize quickly, what it basically does is take the title of the web page that I'm on and the link, the URL of the web page, and drops those in. The dog is barking at someone outside, and drops <laughs> those in to the appropriate um, brackets to make a, a markdown link with the title and the link. And it does that and then drops it into a note on my notes app that is built specifically for this. All it does is drop them sequentially in there so I can go in, share on this link, share on this link, share on this link, share on this link. And it'll just build a little list of links on this note. And then I go in, copy all the links, paste them into show notes. And the show notes are done and linked and work. And somewhere in Canada, I could feel someone smugly going, hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah, you should could have done that. You could do it the long way if you want, but you know, just felt that that uh, over my shoulder. Well, his um, his his a confession. Um, <laughs> there there is a Mac utility that that you download, whose name escapes me. Um, I have to say, uh, I found out from um, um, some some fellow called. Twyford, I think. Um, <laughs> and, and essentially what you do is you open a, a, a web page, I right-click, and um, the fourth option, I have reload page, show page source, save page as, uh, print page, and then I have copy markdown link. And so I click <laughs> that, and then I go wherever I want to go, and I right-click and go paste. And the markdown link goes in. Um, and I was... Uh, I, I hadn't asked for this, but just in edits, my other two podcasts, this is how you do links. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Not like an idiot. Yes. Not like some sort of barbarian. Download this and do that. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I've just been writing a long form. Dear Google, if it would acquiesce, would you please search for me the search terms this and return it in writing in six to eight weeks to this address? Thank you very much, Stu. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, the the one that you sent through initially though is slightly different. So it yes, it sort of it puts the whole page in a frame, uh, which yeah, it's an which iframe. We then for... drop into Obsidian, yeah, yes, which is very cool. That's that's well, very that one. I'm that's using... great for me. Are you actually are you being Sarcastic? Are you actually using it? No, no. For for when I'm doing research, so yeah. you know, if if I'm researching uh, a battle that happened in in Cyprus, uh, it's all very well linking to the page. Yes, that's not an enormous amount of help to me when I'm then reviewing the notes. <laughs> thinking, you know, I'm just yeah. going on a tour again. Uh, if I can drop the whole page into the notes, fantastic. So yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. That's how I'm using it as well. I have a little sort of store of interesting ideas and concepts and things like that, and. The logic I had was, I can definitely write my own notes on this, but there's no point in me copying and pasting Wikipedia articles into this for them then to be out of date and not have the rich linking that a Wikipedia article has. Mm. So the, the idea I'm working on is that I summarize myself yeah. above as like the top line. So I'm like, okay, this is what I've learned about it and what, how I think I might be able to use that if I was writing a story. And then I'll drop this iframe link below it which then gives you access, as you say, in one pane, on one screen, in one program, to all the information and all the links. It's just like a tiny window into the website, right? So you can yeah. click through, you can find other stuff. And you go, oh, that's actually relevant. I can type a little bit of that. So that's the way I'm using it too. And it's actually really useful. And when you, when you realize how simple the syntax is, 
the markdown really does an awful lot of the heavy lifting for you. I think you can do an awful lot of really cool stuff with some really basic shortcuts. So we'll mm. send you this shortcut snipper one that I built as well. And you can see, as you say, if you have one that does it, it's fine. But if you have my one, my one sends it all to one notes note, which means that mm. they're kept and you don't have to copy and paste. You can literally copy and paste 20 links at once instead of one. Mm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, send it through and I shall doubtless break it. <laughs> that's, I have no doubts. <laughs> that's, that's my strength in these things. Break it. It's aggressive uh, testing. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I call it when I'm charging people for it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, what about me, Parish Notice? Oh, yeah, well, I'm 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 back on the wagon. Yes, alcohol is the root of all evil, and all of that sort of jazz. <laughs> um, uh, when I'm uh, when I stop drinking, everything else that I want to do gets easier. So, um, I, I'm I'm too heavy. I need to lose some weight at the moment. Uh, well, I need to lose some weight always, but right now I definitely need to lose some weight. And I was doing, you know, fasting and not eating sort of big sugary meals and then plowing through 2,000 calories worth of wine. Ah, <laughs> I think I can foot see and shoot come to mind. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can see this might undermine my intentions of <laughs> uh, uh, starving myself to death and go, Wah! Uh, with a bottle of wine or several beers or brandy or whatever. So uh, once once I'm not drinking, then my calorie intake drops. I'm energized, so I'm uh, I'm up earlier. I'm ready to go walking, which the dogs enjoy as long as it's early. Mm. Um, I feel less anxious um, because um, people tend to overlook this, but alcohol is a depressant. <laughs> so yes. if you keep shipping it in, you'll get depressed. Um, uh, so for me to start sort of making those improvements that I want, the easiest thing for me to do is say, okay, I'm just not going to drink. Yeah. Um, and uh, as often discussed, uh, I'm really, really pretty good at all. And I'm really pretty good <laughs> at nothing. Uh, the stuff in between, mm, no, I find that more challenging. So, Zero and one are great. Everything in between, hard, real hard. Absolutely, yeah. So um, very firmly on zero now. Uh, for, uh, worked out a whole week. Good Lord. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Good stuff. And, uh, and once again, I have to say, I do feel a lot better for it. Mm. It does make you feel. I, the, the running for me is still going, mm. and I'm really, really enjoying it now. Um, firmly in the camp of, I think I can call myself a runner rather than someone who has run three times. So. Sure. This is now going towards week seven. So one more run in week six, and then, then I'm into week seven. So I'm feeling confident. And as I said before, that was the last. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe I tailed off before I actually finished this story. But um, the run I had this morning mm. was the last short yeah. interval. From here on yeah. out, it's 25 minutes plus in a single go, which I'm sure to many people who run is nothing. And to Meg, it's nothing. Meg is a, is a pretty good runner. She's done a lot of 5Ks and stuff. It's it's relatively straightforward for her. For me, twenty minutes was a real push and a really good achievement actually to get twenty minutes nonstop. Um, now I'm not fast, but I don't need to be. I just need to keep going. So now mm. I, I'll be out on Saturday morning for my twenty five minute run, which would be my new PB in terms of time. And then literally, it's just like okay. And and the the app I'm using, I switched from the podcast to the app, which works nicely. Um, and the narrator is Sarah Milliken. Uh, so it's, it's she's very very cheery she comes on and uh, tells you to start running and then 
sort of very, very cheery voice. And she's like, right now you've got to run for 28 minutes. Enjoy. Bye. And you're like, oh, God. Right. OK. <laughs> legs. Here we go. Um, you know, her, her lovely tone does nothing for the fact that my legs have to move for 28 minutes and they're not used to it. So um, that's fun. But the benefit I've seen in terms of resting heart rate, in terms of recovery, in terms of weight, I'm only down about a stone, but I am significantly healthier on top of that as well. So sure. I'm feeling good. And uh, that's brilliant, mate. Well done, you. Right. God, look at that. I mean, we're both obviously clearly I'm Olympians. Where, where is it next? <laughs> Paris? But, well, you know what? Cyprus? Cyprus 2022, I think, is the, the mini Olympics where there's two contestants. No, it's, no I think Paris, mate. I, I quite fancy the running up a wall. That, oh, cool. that, that would have. <laughs> no, no, what? Speed climbing. <laughs> I think um, you and give the skateboarding a run for its money. Well, I was actually going to climb up the wall with a skateboard. I thought I'd combine there, see if we <laughs> yeah. can maybe get... It's like a one of those um, biathlons, but just it's a pick and choose, like a pick and mix triathlon. You can just choose whatever three you like. Yeah, well, you, you speed climb, you get up to the top, because what you do is when you get up to the top, you smack this sort of um, uh, pad to stop the timer. It's, it, honestly, it's like something out of Gladiators. Uh, <laughs> and then they sort of just let themselves go, and they're on a rope. So they just dangle going, oh, that was pretty good. Well, I'm thinking, forget the rope. I'll just let go, land on the skateboard, do a couple of tricks, <laughs> and then say, okay, I want, a, I want double gold medals. That thing's not glued on, you know. <laughs> yes, indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, as, as some 13-year-old did something that I could yeah, never, ever dream of doing. <laughs> yeah, the physics confused you, never mind the realities of it. Exactly. Ah, oh, fitness. Anyway, let's get Gerald on to rescue us. <laughs> let's do it. This is the three pin plug. Hi, I've decided to mix it up a little. I'm feeling like exercising my creative license. How do you like my range of accents? The first pin is Stuart Lennon. You can buy his collection of reasonably priced notebooks and stationery supplies at nerosnotes.co.uk. You can read his writings on writing at stuartlennon.com. If you want to see photos of his dogs, Spice and Charlie, you can follow him on Instagram at stuart.lennon587. The second pin is TJ Cosgrove. He created Wood and Graphite, a collection of over 150 short films on pencils, paper and other collected analog ephemera. You can watch it on YouTube, by searching Wood and Graphite. If you like looking at photos of coffee, keyboards and a black Labrador called Blue, you can follow him on Instagram at team underscore Cosgrove. The third pin in the three pin plug is this show, 1857. You can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes, or the podcatcher of your choice. The efficacy of which is debatable. Or by sharing with someone you think would enjoy it. Perhaps even nip over to nerosnote.co.uk and pick up a few lovely notebooks or fancy pencils, it all helps to cover the cost of hosting. The three-pin plug is brought to you by me, Gerald, a totally normal human being. Definitely real and corporeal, for sure. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Now the consummate professional. As ever, he is unchanging, unwavering. <laughs> so, what are we talking about tonight? Mm, 
Well, I, I have a little bit of ASMR for you. Hold on. <gasps> You're playing a tambourine. I, it could be. Tambourine man. It sounds like an army of ants marching on a termite mound. No, it could be. Or it could be an Apsara Longpoint Sharpener sharpening beautiful coiled red cedar flakes, fragrant as they fall to the brass ashtray from my Tennessee red pencil. Uh, Probably ants, though. Could be. I think <laughs> mine, was, mine was more imaginative. I think so. Certainly more uh, outside and exciting. So yeah, that was me sharpening my pencil, which I've been waiting to do all episode. I literally have written for 59 minutes with a horribly blunt Megan-esque pencil in the hopes that I could sharpen it live on air, uh, which I've now done to a ridiculously long point. This thing is weaponized. Yeah, um, yeah I, I know what you mean. I've got the same point <laughs> on my pencil. Uh, we're talking about sharpeners, shockingly, if that uh, intro wasn't enough of a hint, and the title as well. <laughs> well sharpening, here's, here's my key point, ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention now. Oh, uh, I like the pun. Sh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom sharpening for me is a meditation so when i'm writing i do sometimes write long well i write long form um my journals uh, mm. and also if i'm trying to work out an idea whether that be for fiction writing or for something worky um i do quite often try and work it out by writing it out and mm. i will on occasion use pencil for that and, and the thing about using a pencil is that every now and again, unless you're a, some sort of heathen, Meg, I'm looking at you, um, you will need to stop and sharpen. And that, that's when I think. I mean, I, I like to think that I think what I'm writing too, but just the, the ability to stop and go, okay, and almost absentmindedly sharpen the pencil while you're trying to work through a problem in your head. Yeah. It, it is meditative. Trying to say that after a pint of water. Good Lord. Yeah, it definitely is. And it, it's that kind of you're engaging the motor skills of your hands while letting your brain free up. So I find I think a lot when I'm driving. Um, not if I have a podcast on because I'm then listening. But if I happen to be driving, say, at night and I haven't got the radio on or anything, I'll be thinking a lot about stuff. And I'm, I'm still driving. I'm still following the rules of the road. I'm still looking out for other cars and signaling and all that stuff. but because my a big chunk of my brain is engaged with a, a motor skill where I'm pun intended where I'm doing something I can let the other part of my mind wander and I think the same is with pencils because you have to, I mean it's not a very complicated motion for most people you, you put the pencil on the sharp and you twist it but even that brief reprieve from writing and actively committing words to paper is enough for you to be like okay what am I going to say is that the best way to say that okay, should I maybe oh that's actually not bad yeah okay and those little moments of enlightenment as you sharpen your pencil are sometimes the best thing when you're trying to write because otherwise you'd be sat fingers on keyboard and just hammering out words until there's nothing but absolute tumbleweeds left in your brain. Mm. Absolutely. All right, so let's talk about the mechanics then. So <laughs> what, what, what is... <laughs> yeah, Derek. Um, and his dominoes. Um, what is the what is the go to Cosgrove sharpener? Well, I've had a lot. 
Uh, but the go-to at the minute is the Apsara Longpoint, which is an Indian sharpener um, made by Apsara, who make a lot of Indian pencils as well. And for me, it's that kind of sweet spot, Goldilocks zone between price and, and function. So there's a lot of really expensive sharpeners, some of which I have, that are beautiful and, and work very well and are very, very nice. But they're not ubiquitous. You, you don't necessarily carry them everywhere. So I'm thinking of things like the, the Hoovel, which is a big mm-hmm. hunk of brass, which is a beautiful sharpener. It's a, it's a beautiful object. It's a wonderful thing to use. It's an incredible tool. Am I going to throw it in my pocket? Probably not, because it's got an exposed blade on it, and I'd need to basically cart that, what do you call it? Is it the Galen leather box and look like some sort of 19th century traveling salesman? I'd need that kind of yeah. kit with me to make that A, fit, and B, be reasonable to carry. Whereas this sharpener is made of plastic. It's, let me see, I guess the size of an American quarter in terms of diameter, probably as thick as... I was going to say a number of quarters, but I actually don't know how thick a quarter is. It's a small <laughs> sharpener. It's the size of an average size sharpener. It's slightly larger than an average size sharpener because it's a long point. So it's all the benefits of a cheap plastic sharpener being ubiquitous and cheap um, with the added benefits of being a long point. So instead of a little short stub, it's a nice long graphite point. And also they're very, very sharp. So a lot of plastic sharpeners get a bad rap because they are blunt. And so rather than sharpening your pencil, it's kind of just like scraping it on concrete until it resembles something pointy, which isn't very pointy. This is very, very sharp little steel blades that do a great job of sharpening. And so I think I buy 10 or 12 of them for four pounds. That's not expensive. No, and here we go. I'll help you out. They are about 33 millimeters long. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Freedom units, Stu. What is that in inches? Oh, Good American one inches. And a, one and a quarter. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for width, they're probably about uh, two centimeters, which would Fractions. be. Yeah, which would be not, not as much as an inch, but more than half. At nine twenty sevenths of one sixteenth. <laughs> yeah, there are little markings, but I'm afraid it's way too <laughs> dark for me to them. count them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, I, I agree with you. I mean, they are, we, we considered selling them at Nero's, mm-hmm. um, but the only way to do that would be to sort of buy them from Amazon. Um, <laughs> mark them up. Th- yeah. Mark them up and, and then, you know, send them out. Uh, so it, w- when people ask, I just tell them to go to Amazon and get them. And it's not often I recommend <laughs> people do that. Um, yeah. but yeah, they are, they are, I, I, I are they long lasting? I don't know. How much do I get? I probably get a couple of months out of mine. Yeah. If I'm, that's if the I'm thing I don't like. That's the one criticism I'd have of them is that they're obviously made of plastic and they're obviously disposable is not the right word, but they're definitely short shelf life in that they get blunt. Now, more enterprising individuals than my, me could probably take this blade off and sharpen it. I don't. I tend not to. And that's a sore spot, especially now when you think about the environment and think about like, this is a hunk of plastic and metal that I'm just putting in a bin. I'd rather not do that. So that's my, my pet peeve with them. Um, but I don't buy them very often. I think I've bought two packs in five years. So they last long enough because you've got enough of them that I don't buy a lot of them. But yeah, that would be my pet peeve. They are not meant to last forever, at least in their current form, uh, or, or that's some serious DIY, DIYing. But uh 
they do sharpen really well and they are dirt cheap. Yeah. Okay, so there's the app, Sarah. Um, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I think that gets a hearty recommendation. I think so. I think everyone should try it if they haven't already, because if you buy a pack and you only use one, right, give one to everyone else with pencils. Give them away, because they're cheap and cheerful, and people will like them because they work well, and they work almost every time. So I suggest giving them away to folks who, who might be giving a pencil as well. So it's a nice little thing to throw in. I've certainly given away more of them than I have. Uh, because anytime I give anyone a pencil package, I toss one in because I figure I might as well set them up with something that is simple. Like no one looks at that who's used a pencil before and goes, well, I don't know how to use that. Whereas sort of <laughs> standing in front of the hovel with instructions in your hand, you might still go, I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to make this make that sharp. You're, you're talking to a man who is currently trying to adjust his hovel blade. <laughs> well, whenever you inevitably cut yourself and we have to pause the podcast for you to receive bandages, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll let the folks on the other end know. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I mean, I've owned one of these for years, quite literally years. And heavens, they are fiddly. <laughs> the, I mean, it's a good point. The hovel, uh, H-O-W-E, Scandinavian slash to it, V-E-L. Um, it's a great one. It's basically a tiny woodworking plane for your pencil, right? Now, the Hovel is an interesting one for me personally because A, I think it's a wonderful idea. It's not a novel idea because it's a woodworking plane, but it's a wonderful idea to bring that kind of object joy, like something that just, oh, that's that's cool. That's really nice. And stationery is full of this stuff, like the Galen uh, writing box and beautiful desk pads and expensive fountain pens, you know, stuff is nice sometimes and stuff like that that works and there's a nice little wooden stand i have for mine it just looks really good especially with the iris the little um compass circle drawing thing they all look really good and the hovel's an interesting one because i inadvertently became the voice of hovel and the voice of all the marketing for hovel because i was sent one by the company makers cabinet who were lovely and they they sent me one to try free of charge and back when i was doing wooden graphite i made a video about one and it was just, it was a great video because it was a really great product, right? It was really cool to, to film. It was really beautiful. It's shiny brass. So you polish it up and then the camera loves it. It's just shiny and it's very sort of James Bond. You can sort of do lots of weird, nice macro panning shots. So the video was, was really easy to make because it was a nice thing that I talked nicely about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they reached out and they were like, we like your video. Would you mind if we use it for some promotion stuff? And I was like, yeah, sure. Small company. I'm happy to help. I love the product. You sent it to me for free. I was releasing the video. Edit. Work away. <laughs> I think they stuck bits of it verbatim up on their Instagram as an ad with my voiceover. And so this is how I know it went far is that people who do not do stationery, my boss being one of them, was like, did, did you make a video about <laughs> a pencil sharpener? And I was like, Yes, but also how, how in a million years did you find out? It's like, well, it was on Instagram when it was an ad and it was you. It had to be you. It was only you. that No one else would talk this passionately about it. And it sounds like you. This was the one of three times this happened with people unconnected in any way to stationary. Did you do an ad for some sort of sharpener thing for pencils? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Oh, that's nice. I, I like it. I wouldn't get one, but that's a nice thing. Yeah, thanks. Random people, people I didn't know. I was, is, that, is that you? So it's one of those weird things where the the video I made about it did pretty well, but the 
the kind of um, the legacy, uh, my, my legacy of being the voice of Hovel, <laughs> the voice of the Hovel adverts is, will outlive me, I suspect. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was good fun. But the Hovel's great, and it is one of those ones that needs a little bit more finesse than, say, the long point. Uh, you're basically shaving the pencil, so you don't spin the pencil. You, you imagine you hold the pencil in your hand. And you take the hovel in your right hand for me, it'll be left hand. Do you use it in your left hand? Yes. Yes. So your dominant hand, I suspect. And you just kind of shave nice long reels of it off as you refine it. And once you get going, which I think you are now, you can actually get a fair clip up and you can, get it, you can kind of shape the point the way you want. So if you want a, a concave point that kind of comes in and then bends up to give you almost like a like a rocket nose kind of concave tip which is hard you can't do that with many other sharpeners you can do that with a hovel and there's something joyous about having tiny woodworking tools for your pencils yeah it's um the the trick with the thing or the 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 barrier with the thing is getting the blade set right yeah Um, so we magnet on it yeah there's a magnet on it but it's just getting the you know the the protrusion the the, bite sort of level yeah yeah yeah, I think that's the same with woodworking planes in general. If you put too much, it sort of snags. If you yeah. put too little, you're basically polishing it rather than cutting anything. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and then, yeah, it just becomes bizarrely addictive and you can actually sit mm. there and go, oh, I've run out of pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, the, the feral. Oh, okay. Another one bites the dust, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, our maker's cabinet, um, they're... Yeah. Uh, they were a bunch of students. I don't know if they're still studying. Um, they've made, uh, they started on Kickstarter. They launched the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Hervel or Horvel or Hervel, Hervel, yep. however you say it. Um, and then they followed it up with uh, the Iris, mm-hmm. which is that um, uh, sort of, well, it's a very, very funky circle. It's a Stargate. Or, yeah. Uh, or it's a, a Stargate to another dimension. Um, <laughs> and then uh, they came out with a thing called the Stria. That's um, right, the, the ruler, the folding ruler. The ruler, which has, um, you know, your little adjustment uh, screw for the hovel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also used in the ruler. Uh, oh, for if the you want to fix the angle. Yeah, to fix the oh, angle. Oh, very on, good, on very good. Inch. Smart idea. So you can have um, a little suite of beautiful brass tools, like some sort of 19th century, a lot of 19th century reference. So let's go 17th century um, astrolabe-wielding mariner, you know, sort of plotting his, his path through the, the, the perilous seas with brass tools of old. Indeed. And if you, if you check my Instagram, uh, round about the time this ep goes out, I'll, I'll have a picture up there of them all together. Um, also with a couple of other little brass things, because I've got a brass squire. Um, which is a pen from Baron mm-hmm, Fig, mm-hmm. um, and uh, some brass scissors that came from somewhere. I don't know where they came Ooh, from. Very nice. I have a brass ashtray that I sharpen all my sharp pencils into. Um, I kind of like it because it gives me that vibe of being a 1940s uh, sort of detective without actually having to smoke. So I, you know, I put the, the pencil out, d- jam the pencil into this, the grind. <sighs> Another bad case, you know, that kind of, I can, I can feel <laughs> like I'm dining whiskey and, and sitting behind my gilded name door without having to in, in, indulge in any of those vices. Absolutely, in a perfectly healthy fashion. Yeah, it's well done. <laughs> He's just sharpening pencils. Leave him alone. He's just weird. 
<laughs> uh, so what else have we got um, in, sh- in the world of sharpening there's uh, the, the Blackwing ones we should give them a mention mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so the the twin hole <clears throat> uh, is uh, it's basically it's a cum isn't it is it a cum masterpiece well this is the thing there, I have never seen the new ones so since the Blackwing rebrand there's two new versions of those sharpeners um, I have never seen them I have the old one which was, I think, a rebranded coom, yes, which was yeah. the left side only takes off wood, so it's a large bore hole that you sharpen just the wood, leaving exposed and uncut graphite. So you could effectively just sort of nibble away all the wood on and just leave the graphite core. Um, and then the other one is for sharpening just the graphite without touching the wood. So it's a strange sort of two-step process. Um, I have that one. That's quite an old one. It's sort of a bluey color, and I think it has a lead pointer in the side of it as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah, well, it's got two it's quite on each nice. side. Yeah, that that one's a bit older. I think that's maybe seven or eight, six or seven years old now. And I'm, I don't think they sell that anymore. They've gone to the the matte black black wings. And uh, yeah, there's the newer one is pure black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just looking to see if I have a newer one. I don't think I do. I think the newer one's kind of a hexagonal, like an extended hexagonal shape for the twin, and then it's the. It's a little tub barrel one for the single, isn't it? Yeah, I've got the. It's um, it's a grenade, the single. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's 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 quite a weird construction. So the single, um, you unscrew the top, which has got a very sort of, um, uh, it's got a textured ring around it. Knurled is the technical term. Yeah. Knurled, if you say it in Northern Irish. Um, Knurled. <laughs> And then the the sharpening unit, I mean, this is quite bizarre, sort of just comes out and it's a very small uh, sharpener uh, with, the, with the blade exposed. And that all sits in what's essentially, it's like a, a I suppose you could make it a, a small ink bottle or something like that. It's, it's okay, weird. so like a, a film tub? That's yeah, around right about that Canister, size. like a little film canister. Yeah, that's about the size of it. Um, and then you drop your, your sharpener in and you turn it around so that the little interlocking metal sits there. And then you put your little knurled top back on. Uh, and I, I think it's fair to say that reviews of this have been mixed. Um, mm. There have been one or two, or more than one or two, that have gone out and not been very good. Um, I think because of manufacturing tolerances, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because those that have got a good one um, have got on fine with them. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm just sharpening my pencil there. It's not the same shape or size point as, as their twin. So it's a shorter okay. point. Um, yeah. But it is still very, very pointy. Uh, it's a technical term there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's fine. It's great for a pencil case because it catches the shavings. Uh, so if you know you're out and about, um, you, you you don't make a complete mess of everything. Yes, um, which is quite nice, I suppose. Um, I quite like it. It sits in a pencil case very nicely. It's matte black. What's not to like? Yeah. Um, whereas the Apsara ones look like sort of. You know, cheap, colourful plastic. <laughs> They're a little bit primary school, let's be And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not necessarily the aesthetic you always want. Exactly. Um, 
And do I tailor them? Yeah, I suppose that when I have a pencil case, those those good old days when we used to go places, um, <laughs> this would be what would be sitting in there. Um, yeah. Partially because the pencil case is black ring as well. So um, that little grenade sits there. I, I quite like it. I'm, yeah. I'm quite like the point as well. It seems it, it's a more workman-like point because it's a bit shorter. <laughs> Down to business. So yeah, there's a, there's a couple of different kinds of points and we'll not get into a whole thing because sharpening pencils is an art unto itself uh, that you could talk for a long time about the differences. And there's as much conversation in that as there is about inks and, and nibs and things like that. But broadly speaking, pun intended, really? um, the, it's mostly about length. Um, of, there's, there's different concave and convex, but it's mostly the length of the sharpen. So most pencil sharpeners, like the average pencil sharpener, which I think most people would be conjuring the idea of like a little wedge, a little metal wedge in their heads, which is kind of the, the prototypical, that's what a sharpener is, that or some sort of Stadler tub that you would have had in school, which is one of those stuck in a plastic box so the, the shavings don't go everywhere. Um, a lot of Americans, I imagine, would probably think of something like the classroom friendly, so a, a rotary sharpener, completely different machinery. Uh, so mm. a crank handle, you put the pencil in the hole, you spin it round and round and round and it sharpens. Um, now, when I was a kid, I knew of those in films, but I'd never seen one in real life. It's not a thing that I had mm-hmm. here in Northern Ireland. I didn't see a real one until I had one imported from America. Um, now, you do see them about now. There's some novelty ones that are smaller and plastic, but I know a lot of American schools will have the big ones stuck at the front of the classroom and you go up and sharpen your pencils there. Maybe that exists here. I'd never seen it. So it was a cultural thing I saw in movies rather than a, a touchstone of my own history. But yeah, um, I, I think it did. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would have been in primary school in uh, a, a long time ago, the late 70s um, yeah. in, in the UK. And I have, I have a distant memory of, of a sort of, some sort of crank show. And whether it was a classroom friend, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, but it is interspersed with very disturbing memories of nuns. So we, we probably have to discontinue this particular line of conversation before, before I start twitching. So I went to yeah. a primary school staffed by some very, very, very intimidating nuns. There's, it's a scary thing, a wimple. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have anything to come back with. <laughs> I was talking about sharpeners. Um, the the rotary sharpener is interesting because it's it's. I mean, they're all blades, right? Let's let's not get funny. They're all the sharp things mm. tearing off bits of pencil. Rotary sharpeners spin around the pencil, whereas um, wedge sharpeners you spin the pencil against the blade. So it's a different different makeup. Um, I have the classroom friendly, which is just a branded version. I think it's a, the, the sharpeners themselves may actually be DAHL. I think it's D-A-H-L-E. Um, they make a lot of different sharpeners like that and they do exist. You can buy them. You can buy motorized versions, which are not quite the same. Um, a lot of the cheap motorized ones tend to be a little wedge sharpener stuck on a motor that just spins in a box. (laughs) Exactly. Um, It looks like, looks like it's made by a mechanic on his, you know, (laughs) on his tea break. Yeah. So there's a lot of different kinds of sharpeners, but the main variable, I guess, is length. And so a really short, normal sized point, that's, that's a bit of a misnomer. A normal sized point to me would be short because I like a long point on my pencil. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of them would be slightly shorter than I have. So 
imagine a typical pencil. That's a that's a regular point for most people. You can get a yeah. longer one, which I prefer. You can also get a really short point, like a golf pencil sharpen. And I only have one sharpener that does this. It's a little Japanese one that I got a long time ago. I'm not entirely sure where from. And it's the actual sharpener's dimensions are very small. So it's maybe like a centimeter and a half tall. So very, very short. And you put the pencil in and the angle's quite acute. So if you have a sharpened pencil that's sharpened a different length, it will basically eat away some of it before it hits the right length to be actually able to sharpen it. Um, but you end up with a normal size pencil with the top of a golf pencil, a little tiny little short, stout, uh, quite um, obtuse angle, which is quite fun. It's quite nice to, to write with. And they, they tend to stay a little bit sharper longer because the graphite, I'm not quite sure of the physics of it, but the graphite seems to last longer. Maybe that's anecdotal. Um, but you end up with a little golf pencil point. And so that, that's quite fun as well. But I only ever have one that's ever done that. And that was a long time ago I got it. Well, I, I've got one. Do you know the the perfect pencil by Graf von Faber-Castell? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Because it's built inside the pencil cap. It has to be a small sharpener. That's a dimensionality yeah. thing. They have to make it small. And so it ends up being a short point. Yeah, because I've got the ridiculous one, the one that's <laughs> sort of platinum or something. Diamond um, engraved. It's it's been solid dipped in platinum pewter. Yeah, I mean the the, the pencil refills um, are platinum tipped at the end. I mean, it, it, it's <laughs> utter utter nonsense. So if if I take the if I take the pencil, it's uh, it's sort of corrugated wood finish. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Um, you unscrew this little platinum cap. Uh, and there's a ferrule and an eraser in there. Um, and that all sits inside, as you say, a sort of long, uh, very Teutonic um, sort of cap mm -hmm. that has uh, a hinged clip uh, for, you know, keep, keeping everything safe in your, in your shirt pocket. Uh, and if you unscrew the top, you get a little, a little baby sharpener comes out. Mm -hmm. Which is exciting. I think what it is very exciting. It's all very James Bond. Well, it would be, apart from <laughs> it's not coming out. Ah, there we go. Um, and then I'm just going to give that a little sharpen, and that's a little, that's a little golf point sharpen. Yeah. And Which is I novel. Think. If you've never sharpened a pencil with one, it is a very novel sharpen. There you go. That's probably about sixty pounds worth of wood would have just taken off that pencil up as well. Yeah, you could sell that back. I think if you put that in a little plastic bag, you stick that on eBay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, th this is the world's most ridiculous uh, pencil, I have to say. I mean, it, it's lovely. Um, it was one of those sort of sneaked it onto an order for Nero's Notes and found its way into my pencil case. Yes, um, when you were in the same country and that was a lot easier to, to do. Yeah, when I could do that sort of thing, yeah. Um, and we do, have, we do have a sort of rotary um, sharpener. We carry the, the Koh-i-Noor. Uh, okay. Do one that looks a little bit like a film camera. I have um, that one in work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a great one actually. It's a little box camera, like a brownie kind of shape, but sharpener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if we have them in stock at the moment. We do carry one of those. Um, we don't. We don't carry the, the perfect pencil in platinum anymore. Um, <laughs> didn't didn't really sell surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, you sold one to yourself, uh, so <laughs> not a great business. Not a good money maker. Yeah. And it seemed I was I wasn't really prepared to pay the margin, uh, so I, I, I think I, I think I may have got it close to cost. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I think there are there are a hundred and something for you know four pencils and and the top. It, it's silly money. Uh, I may even look that up actually. 
I'm, I'm curious. Um, uh, what's the what's the brass one that everybody goes on about? I've got one somewhere. Oh. I was just looking for. I can't find it. Um, I what think Johnny Gamble is a big favourite of. Is it? It uh, the, the name was there in my brain. It's Runaway. I have one. I and, think kicking around somewhere. Yeah, it's, and you have to use it in a certain way, otherwise it goes wrong. Um, oh, it's uh, gone. I'm looking at it. There was the there was the Coombe masterpiece was one that everyone talked about. Yeah, well the Coombe is is very much the uh uh okay, so there's the Mobius and Rupert. Yes, 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 yes. There's um oh what else was I thinking? There is another one. Oh, it'll come back to me. It'll probably come back to one of us about ten minutes after we finish recording. That's the standard <laughs> thing, isn't it? I'm just looking up this perfect pencil. Yeah, there's a real range, and and sharpening can be as fancy or as not. El Casco is that the one we're talking about? Oh, that's yeah, that's a different that really kettle is. of fish. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game. That thing that costs so that's a fortune. Yeah, that's that's like the Bentley of rotary sharpeners. Um, I think uh. it's dipped in solid platinum or something. It's. It's a really expensive, well-made um, rotary sharpener with a little window and everything, and it's, it's properly shined up, and it, it looks glorious. And I've seen several people buy them as kind of a, a holy grail sharpener, of like, oh, this is, this is the, the one. And they get it, and they're like, oh, don't want to sharpen things on it, I'll get it dirty. <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, just, just to give you uh, the, the Faber-Castell that I was, I was just tinkering with, just playing with, Yep. Uh, you can get it on a well-known website beginning with A and ending in Mazen. Uh, 280 US dollars. Oof. Um, oh, my goodness. That's a lot of <laughs> IKEA golf pencils. That is a lot of IKEA golf pencils. And the refills, um, uh, so you get a little pack of five finely fluted brown cedarwood refill pencils. Uh, with a threaded end, so that you can uh, yeah put your you know your eraser and stuff on it, uh, they will cost you forty dollars. Oof, so eight dollars a go. Expensive pencil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the sharpening really is pennies. Like every time you sharpen, you're waving goodbye to pennies. <laughs> exactly, it's a lot of money. Oof. Uh, I just can't remember the name of that sharpener that we're both looking for. Oh, oh it's yeah. gone. Like it's gone from my brain. The, the longer I look for it, the further it'll run. Yeah, indeed, the small brass one. There's, there's people listening, obviously, going, rah! It's this it one. Yeah. This. I have, have to start doing a live feed so that, so that people can help us out with this stuff. Yeah, we have to. He's going to pull one out and see if you can read the name of it. So the oldest sharpener that I have, we just, I've just dug it out. Um, really interesting. Technically, more of a lead pointer than a sharpener, but it's LNC Hardmuths okay. TJ British made, <laughs> and it's it's just a hunk of brass, right? Let's not let's get not get funny about it. It's a hunk of brass with a blade on one side for sharpening a pencil, and a blade on the other for pointing uh, a pencil or lead holder. More, mm -hmm. I don't know much about this. Uh, my mom actually got it for me from like a, an auction site type thing. Um, it's lovely. It's old. I'd hazard a guess, maybe, I don't know, 40s, maybe a little later, maybe a little earlier. Hard to tell. 
um, British made, but LNC Hardmouth, which was Kohenor effectively, or an offshoot of Kohenor, or sort of a, a mm-hmm. branch of Kohenor somewhere. Um, I don't know what the TJ stands for, but it's my name, so it's nice that I have it. And it's it's a weighty little thing. Like this thing is maybe two centimeters tall by one and a half centimeters wide. It's not big, but it's weighty. You know, it's very very heavy because it's just a big chunk of brass. But it's lovely. There's something really nice about <laughs> something endearing about old school engineering. They're like, well, we'll start with a block of metal, and then we'll make it slightly smaller, slightly more designed, and we'll put a couple of holes in it so you can sharpen things. But largely, it's just a block of metal. Well, I mean, what's what's not to like about a block of metal? <laughs> the oh, the name we're looking for, by the way, is the Pollux. Oh, the Pollux. Yes, I do remember that. Now. I do think I have one of those maybe kicking around. This is the thing. When you get to this level of acquisition of stuff, you're like, yeah, that sounds familiar somewhere. In yeah, the it's, I mean, it, the Pollux is, is the M&R sort of grenade one yeah. with a sort of bit cut out of it. Um, that it's, it's a slightly curved blade, if memory serves. Yes, that, that gives you that, that beautiful sort of concord point. Yeah, they can give you that uh, uh, Concord point or break all your leads. It can also do that. <laughs> That's the frustrating thing when you're sharpening a pencil and they've been shipped to you, which most pencils have. Uh, actually, all pencils have. None of them are made in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, you get breaks in the lead. And if you're using a normal sharpener, that's a small pain. You're like, oh, that's annoying. I sharp, keep sharpening. When you're using a fancy, fancy pencil sharpener where it's like the tolerance for failure is already razor thin in terms of like if you shimmy too far this way, it'll snap. If you turn too far that way, it'll break. And then the lead kind of just gives up and kind of goes, Bleh. no, 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 no. And you have enough. to sharpen the whole thing again. It becomes infuriating. And that's one of the things that sharpening is a joy until it keeps breaking. You're like, well, I'm done with this pencil. It's dead to me. I'm going to try something else. <laughs> Oh, the challenges of sharpening, TJ. <laughs> there's a lot in it, and there's a lot of interesting things in it if you care to be interested. But, you know, this is a stationary podcast, uh, no matter what. Yeah. Are. Yeah. And we'll fight <laughs> you if you say different. <laughs> so I thought we'd do an episode on stationary. And oh boy, we went deep on stationary. But it's one of those things that I, I'm still fascinated by it even though I don't do wood and graphite anymore, um, I still get a lot of joy out of like the little minutiae, the little interesting tidbits, the kind of the weird and wandering history of companies and products that meanders into modern day. And it's just, there's something endearing and fascinating about the whole thing that I still keep coming back to even now, sort of six or seven years into this. Right. I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm I'm reasonably busy. Okay, I appreciate it. I go off and play golf and stuff. But uh, around that, I I try and manage my time quite intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I've I have just written from tomorrow's uh, index card, to, my today card for tomorrow. Um, conquer Hervel <laughs> or Hoven, 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 Mount Hoven will be uh, summited. Yes, so there's going to be a good half an hour of me trying to push that little blade back a bit and <laughs> undoubtedly cutting myself to ribbons. So Please doing. take photographs of the innumerable shavings that will litter your office tomorrow. Well, I mean, I just I just pushed it back then and I was shaving off literally microbes. 
or microns. <laughs> so there was just, just a sort of... Three atoms have been taken from the front of that pencil no. and no more. Exactly. A fine... So all that happens is that the end of the pencil looks chewed and there's sort of fine <laughs> red and black dots everywhere and curiously grey smudges on everything. <laughs> You're splitting carbon atoms and not getting much more than that. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, it's, it's on the card now, so it's... it's <laughs> it's yep it's just after the after after delivery and before call so there we go it's, it's exciting day tomorrow <laughs> listen i will i will be transfixed for 30 minutes i'm sure <laughs> i think everyone should take a little bit of time and if you if you have pencils if you use pencils take a little bit of time enjoy the sharpen enjoy the meditation enjoy the kind of the pause because that's what it is and you should treat it as such and a final point uh, yep. for all the pen users out there. Do not sharpen your pens. <laughs> I remember as a kid sharpening the, the barrel handwriting pen, you know, the red one with the blue dot in the cap. Some mm -hmm. people know what I'm talking about. And I remember being an idiot in primary school or, or maybe it was late primary school, early secondary school. You're like, I wonder, wonder what happens if I sharpen this pen. Blue ink, Thomas. Blue ink everywhere is what happens. <laughs> And then coming home. Which you could have shirt. seen coming, really. <laughs> coming home to my mother, white shirt, now blue with ink. What did you do? Well, um, I had the pen and then I thought, like, maybe I'd be able to, like, sharpen it a bit. So, they... right, okay. No, sorry. There's no, no worse scorn than a, an Irish mommy that you've disappointed by ruining your shirt in day three of term. <laughs> exactly. I think in my household, violence would have ensued. <laughs> Carefully controlled, but violence nevertheless. Uh, yeah, don't sharpen your pens. That's the takeaway from the TLDR for this episode. <laughs> don't, don't say that we don't tell you stuff. Uh, I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was a very sharp episode of 1857. <laughs>